Blog Talk Radio. Sunday, May 15th, 2022. My name is Tanya Hathaway, and I'm your host of Tanya Talks, where your voice is heard and your story is told. Tonight's show is brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Annual Whistleblower Summit and Journeys to Justice, a non-for-profit. Well, we've got, uh, we are supposed to be airing as well as, uh, well, we are airing for Marty Oakley's TS Radio Network. Um, but and we normally also air from Stephen Burke's 89.9 KLRB FM Lighthouse Christian Radio in Oklahoma and the surrounding area. But um, there's in the middle that neck of the woods in southeast Oklahoma is in the middle of a big hailstorm. So uh, I guess they have golf ball hail going on, golf ball side hail. So we're just going to have to. Um, don't expect <laughs> tell your friends don't expect to get this show tonight um, on the radio station because uh, it's down right now that being said we do have Stephen Burke with us and we do have James Treat with us I guess it's supposed to, that storm is supposed to be passing by us uh, but I will uh, buy them and hopefully they'll have good reception if they get knocked off, they'll call back in, I'm sure. But I've got a little bit of a monologue that I I, I can find some time with, uh, you know, anybody who has followed this show knows that Joe Chitwood has been a bit of a household name intermittently. And who's Joe? Well, he's been known as the Calvin, Oklahoma chief of police over the past couple of, of years, Calvin, Oklahoma. That's another household name on, on this show. Well, maybe Joe Chitwood should have spent more time looking at himself in the mirror than working on making TikTok videos. I just saw a whole bunch of TikTok videos that he makes. Well, I'm, not, I'm not judging people who make TikTok videos, but for sorry out loud, a lot of them look like they're done while he's working. And uh, and there's an awful lot uh, that, that didn't get done while he was working. Joe, Joe, as we discussed him on this show, is known for ghosting the residents of Calvin while on duty. He's known to seem to spend more time in Wetumpka, it's a neighboring town, where he's actually from during, during duty rather than being in Calvin. He's known for refusing to press charges when lives literally have been threatened. He's known to aid and abet abusers and criminals. He's known to turn his back on drug running. Some can say, I told you so. He's also known for his canine work. I'm wondering whose favor did that come in handy? Hmm. 
I've had anonymous tips that he goes to parties, drinks, and does drugs while on duty. I've also gotten tips that he puts men in jail, doctor wives, and illicit sex to get their husbands out. Yes, this is true. I have gotten these tips anonymously. I've also spoken to one of his mistresses who's reached out to me while he was married, who was under the impression that he had been divorced for five years. Her name will remain anonymous. But it seems that the most impactful tip of all is the one that went to the special agent that led to surveillance and finally to his arrest. What is Calvin, Oklahoma, doing with their police chief? Accountability? What's that? You see, this arrest is hot news, not only in southeast Oklahoma, but throughout the state and throughout the nation. I even saw an article published about Joe Titwood on this whole circus. I saw it published on an international publication. It's not a good time to be Joe Titwood. The nation is suffering from a drug epidemic and Joe has done nothing but exacerbate that problem. Instead of trying to take drugs off of the street, he not only is alleged to be doing it himself, but he is selling drugs as well. This is far from the Norman Rockwell setting, isn't it? He's not sitting at the ice cream shop role modeling and having a nice talk with adolescents, is he? Instead, Joe seems to be looking for his next selfish angle, navigating through life and duty hurting rather than helping, abusing his power, and putting adults' and children's lives at risk. We'll talk about this tonight, about the bust. But but the responsibility of what is wrong in Calvin is far from solely resting on the shoulders of Chitwood, a bad cop. Now, remember, you've got to back the blue. I back the blue. The blue that abides by their oath, to serve and protect, that is. But why does it seem that Calvin, Oklahoma, continues to make bad decisions when hiring chief of police? Is it it them overlooking the character of Joe? Or how about the prior chief of police, Delbert Hardin? We know that he had a questionable record to begin with. Delbert Hardin, that is. So are these choices by design? Is it is the mayor or are the trustees that bad of a judge of character? Or do they or do they or do they do is this their own negligence? Is this their own due diligence? Are they that silly? Are they that stupid, dare I say? I don't think so. I don't think so. Many of you who have followed the show, and Calvin in particular, already know why Calvin, Oklahoma, probably isn't doing this by accident as far as the trustees and the mayor goes. But to the point, and I'm finishing it up, it is the mayor and the trustees the continued misdeeds and corruption and injury to impact townspeople physically and cause devastating circumstances. Those that might not be so devastated probably aren't because they have something to gain by turning their backs on Titwood to turn their backs as 
Chitwood did so well. Who taught who? Joining me tonight is James Treat, public speaker, retired level C, corporate officer, and advocate, as well as, I don't know if we got Stephen on. Is Stephen on with us? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, as long as Stephen, who runs the radio station that we can't get onto tonight, <laughs> the Lighthouse Kitchen radio station, but we've got you, and that's what matters. Uh, anybody who is listening tonight knows that and knows that other people are listening uh, or we're going to listen via the radio station, and you're not, and you're not, you're here, please let your know where you can listen to this show. And also, we will be taking calls tonight, 917-388-20, and then press 1 when you hear the prompt. Press 1. And we'll get you on if you want to comment. I know that it might not be something that some people want to do yet because the status of Joe Chitwood is still unknown. How are you doing, guys? Doing fine. I'm all right. Great. Yeah, you're 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 out of power at the station, aren't you, Stephen? As far as I know, the electric's off at the station. It was off for a while, and then it come back on for like five minutes, and then the transmitter's gone back off. I can tell that from the house where I'm at now, but that's about all I can tell. We was without electric okay. here, too, for a while, but it's back on. Hopefully, it stays on, because if it don't... Okay. Well, if you get disconnected, please try to call back. <laughs> we don't want to lose you, and I'm sorry that this isn't on the station tonight, except especially because it's such a local matter that, you know, we're talking about. Um, but, Stephen, what do, you, what, what, do you, what do you think about these quotes here? Um, this one is from Donnie Anderson, OBN director. Meth is the leading killer among drug-related deaths in Oklahoma, and for a peace officer to be responsible for putting more meth on the streets is a disgrace to the proud men and women and law enforcement who put their lives on the line every day to protect our citizens from the deadly, deadly consequences of substance abuse. We got another one here, Stephen, from Edward Chavez, special agent in charge of DEA Dallas. So that has me wondering, of course, is this a, an, uh, uh, across the state deal? Dealers of illegal drugs come in many forms. Chief Chitwood used his authority to push drugs in Oklahoma, disregarding the inherent harm they cause. DEA and our law enforcement partners will hold drug dealers accountable no matter who they are. Stephen? Well, I think it's pickable that uh, people we depend on to enforce the laws, the one that's uh, peddling the dope, you know, and we, we pretty much had that figured out for quite some time. It's just, you know, it's not the easiest thing to get proof against law enforcement that they're doing dope, but peddling dope. But the evidence was all around from what what we were watching going on, even with our own eyes and all the reports that we was getting. And 
you know, where he would be in the middle of the night, where he wasn't supposed to be, and different things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because apparently he didn't. He didn't spend. He doesn't spend that much time actually on the job. You know, uh, there are sightings of him in Wetumpka while he's supposed to be in Calvin. Granted. He goes to Wetumpka to fill up the gas tank, it's my understanding. Lord only knows why, because uh, from what I've been told, there's a, a closer gas station um, to Calvin than there is going back to Wetumpka. But apparently it came in handy for him, didn't it? Well, my understanding is he was always coming to Calvin to get gas <laughs> at, at the Calvin store. And he he shortly disappeared after that. He he wasn't in town long most times when he did show up. I I don't know. I would I would think by what we observed that he was just coming into town to make a pick up or a drop off and then disappear again to his next stop or whatever. Mhm. Mhm. No. Um. Stephen, why do why do you think that the, uh, Dallas uh, is involved? Is this a, a, a tri-state investigation, or um, you know the, that second quote was from Edward Eduardo Chavez, special agent in charge of DEA out in Dallas? So, talk to us. Well, that's a, a real good question. I don't know. You know, we've heard it was a regional investigation, but that's a that's a good question. I more more I to come know. out, isn't there? Yeah, I'm sure there's more to come out. I don't know exactly when, and hopefully there's some more nervous people around town that uh, been uh, associated with this mess. I know the certain location there in town was Grand Central Station after Chitwood got arrested. It was Grand Central Station? Oh, yeah, everybody's showing up and taking stuff out of the buildings and putting it in their car and disappearing, so something going on. Mm-hmm. And that happened right away after news got out of Joe being arrested. They, they was having a... An unusual party at a certain location, all of them carrying things away, what I'm what I'm informed, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, James, and can you give me the status? Do you know what the status is of um, uh, Joe when it comes to the police department? Is, is it possible that he could actually be on duty? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised knowing the mayor, knowing knowing of the mayor and knowing what the trustees do and how they aid in the bed. Him. I would find that highly unlikely because, one, where's his gun? Two, where's his badge? And he's got a trial or a hearing set for the 24th, which that's public knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the town would have set itself up, set itself up for a tremendous liability, even letting him in the police car again. That was what a town should do, or a city should do, 
would be to separate themselves as far as possible from this individual and look on down the road. Uh, But they have an official emergency meeting set for Monday to determine, how did they put it, disciplinary action against Joe Chitwood. Now, that to me insinuates that somehow he's going to skip right on past this, but we have to keep in mind this was a sting. This wasn't just someone hypothetically catching him going down the highway, pulling him over, him some way, being driving under the influence, et cetera. cetera. He was set up to sell meth to a drug enforcement officer to write. DEA doesn't mess up on those things. Right. So that just seems to be the thing. Calvin, Calvin thing can't over, get him out of this. Is what you're saying? Uh, I, I don't. There's. I don't believe there's any way they can work around it, but they're going to dang sure try to. Mm-hmm. You. You've got to look at the situation in its entirety. This isn't just Joe Chitwood. This is Delbert Harden, illegally hired by the town of Calvin Council. This is Joe Chitwood, hired by the council, and then capitulated to everything that he didn't time and time and time and time again by numerous citizens. Where is Joe Chitwood? He doesn't work. Why are you paying him? Didn't didn't put a dent. All you hear on video in the town council meetings is how much support and love they have, they being the council, they being the trustees that they have for Joe Chitwood and what a fine job he's doing. Yet how can he you do a and fine I, job if he's not there? Yet you and I brought all of this up two years plus ago. Two and a half years ago, because he was doing illegal activities before he was fired there. Right. Right. And we had numerous people call in and tell us different stories. And stories are stories, stories aren't proof. We get all of that. But cumulatively, when you put all this together, when we here locally, have an out-of-towner talking to us when we're in another town saying, how does that police chief of yours get away with running drugs from someone that's not even living in this town, not living in Wetumpka? Ask you point blank, how long is he going to get away with running that drug ring out of Calvin, Oklahoma? Mm-hmm. And the council, whether they like it or not, are right in the middle of it because they allowed it right underneath their nose. They've been challenged. They've been questioned about the mileage, the sightings of not only his town vehicle, but Rex Jones's town vehicle, why they don't require either one of them to do mileage reports, which any, any prudent, 
city town government would do, much less private mm-hmm. enterprise. They just say, here's your charge account down at the little local store. Get your gas there. Doesn't matter if you got to drive all the way back from Wetumpka to come over here and get it, but get your gas here. They don't well, have any, they don't want to know. And they give. Stephen, you, you, and, you and James both go to these town meetings together, correct? Yes, ma'am. Most of them? Yeah. So, yeah. so what's, in, what's in it for them? What's in it for the well, police? What's in it for the mayor? Well, I don't know how far I should go with with this, but I I I would it would be my opinion that uh, they like to hire crooks because the crooks uh, help them do what they want to do and cover it up for them. They might as well just say the truth. That's how how it uh, goes as far as I'm I'm concerned. You you that's get that's, that's, we all go about mine, we both turn our backs, right? I well that I mean that what Stephen said, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Joe Chitwood was made aware of the town cemetery that they have a sign up for collecting donations. But the sign and the company name on the sign do not exist at the Secretary of State's office. They keep continually collecting that money, thousands of dollars a year. But there's no report, there's no log, there's no money trail to Town Hall because Town Hall says we don't own the cemetery. But yet the Hughes County... There's no reports for their financials, their annual financials, right? For how many years? Right. But the Hughes County... Property Records Office says that it's owned by the town of Calvin. So where is that money going? Same thing with them expanding the trash service. No more than Joe Chitwood could go outside the town limit and write a ticket. You can't take town assets, being the trash truck, and pick up trash halfway to Gertie, halfway to Holdenville, using town of Calvin money and resources but town of Calvin not getting anything out of that. Only set up to pay the salaries of the police chief of Rex Jones and the treasurer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's all set can up you let, to benefit okay, can you let, a can few you let people. Our listeners know who Rex Jones is. That is the a town employee that deems himself to be the town supervisor. And when well, he's the town supervisor. He can be, but he what likes to throw in that he's the town manager every chance he gets, and written letter and wherever else to build himself up and embolden himself. And by law, he cannot be a town manager. He actually, he actually had the audacity to initially, quote unquote commissioned Joe Chitwood as if he were his boss as a town manager and did it on a little blue pasty note when Joe Chitwood was hired. Right. I remember that. Mm -hmm. Joe Chitwood was informed by Stephen and I both in his office that Rex Jones didn't have the authority to commission anyone. 
And Joe Chitwood said, yes, he did, and showed us a little blue note. I said, well, you've, you've got zero authority by that because the mayor is the only one that can commission you. That is why I asked in a FOIA for your police department inventory. He said, well, I wondered why you asked for that. I said, because it ought to contain your commission card. Did, he, which did you ever get which, that for your request? No, nope. And how did long not. ago did you request that? Uh, two and a half years ago. That would have been, that, if I'm not mistaken, Stephen, wasn't that in 2019? Summer? End of summer 2019? Yeah, I think, I think so, because I think that was before the COVID ever hit. So it's, it's on the record, in other words, of you uh, ask, asking through a FOIA request for those that, records. That, that was asked of Jessica Ayers, and she says, I don't have the police records, but yet she is the town clerk, and she's supposed to have those records since she is both the town clerk she is the water clerk. She is the quote unquote court clerk. Mm-hmm. And all she has to go right around the corner. Regarding court clerk. Because, because is he Calvin, officially Calvin, the court be, clerk? Because Calvin isn't a corporate town. And if it's not a corporate town by definition or a municipality, you can't even operate a police department and or a municipal court to begin with, yet they still do. That's a huge liability right there. Calvin has gone rogue for decades. Absolutely. Folks, it's nothing more, than the, nothing more than the good old boys club doing exactly what they want to do. And then if it's brought up about something being illegal, like TG said in one meeting, we've been doing it this way for 50 years. Why do we got to change it now just because the law says we have to? That is a trustee member. That's one of the council members, yes. (laughs) So that's a significant. And if we're confusing people, the leadership of the town is a trustee form of government. You have five individuals that run as trustees, and they also carry a dual title as a council person. But a trustee in a trustee form of government cannot delegate any of its authority to any subordinate. But that is why we're all the time. <laughs> yes, and that's where all the problem begins because. They go back to Rex Jones's father, who was hired. The council, T.G. Adamson, again says, we hired you to run this town, talking to Robert Jones. There's only one slight problem to that. They cannot delegate that authority to run the town. They are elected trustees. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So... Something recently happened to you where Joe Chitwood uh, was made aware of what happened to you. Um, 
I've seen a picture of the gash in your head, bloody gash. And um, this is just one recent example of being ghosted by Joe Chitwood. Let's go back to him for just a little bit. Uh, and just happened. Can you can you let our listeners know what happened? And Stephen, you were there too, right? Yeah, I was there. James, do you want to tell yeah. us what happened? Uh, give me just a second. I think I heard knocking on the door. I hope you're careful. Okay, I was just informed I had some storm damage. Um, I was in attendance at the meeting, and I got a call that I needed to leave the meeting. And so I went to pick up and leave the meeting. I walk out, and there is a person in attendance at the meeting that has me blocked in physically with their vehicle. I go back in to have uh, uh, Chitwood uh, had the vehicle removed and told him to write them a citation. I went out waiting for him to come out the door or waiting to go across the street to wait for him to come out and uh, look at the situation. Well, he didn't follow me out immediately. The gentleman that parked behind my vehicles did follow me out immediately. I kept walking. He kept, well, I won't repeat all of his verbiage. Anyway, mm-hmm. long and short of it, it followed me across to my property, did not stop at the no trespass, which he's known not to trespass or come onto the property. And also, I stopped. He kept coming. I turned to come farther onto my property. He crossed the property. As I turned back around to see where he was, I got clocked with a fist. He continued to scuffle. I hit my head on the back of the building. Joe Chitwood finally made it to the scene. The person says he hit me first, yet he followed me out and across the front pole wall. And Joe Chitwood says, no, he didn't. I saw everything. Well, Joe Chitwood removes and escorts the man from the property never checks on my well-being, never circles back around to say anything. And I end up going to the hospital. I end up getting life flighted to Oklahoma City from Calvin, and I have a sub uh, subdural okay, hematoma. A subdural mm-hmm. hematoma. And yet Chitwood did not arrest the man, did not take him to jail. And to my knowledge, the gentleman has still not been charged with a crime. But the bigger point that you were making was is he never checked my well-being at the scene. Right. Right. And how many witnesses would you say there were? Mm, there were probably 15, 20 that were in attendance at the meeting. And that actually saw him hit you. I can probably narrow that down to less than six that actually saw it through the window or that was actually on the scene. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So that's an example. That's an example of what happens in Calvin on a regular basis. Wouldn't you say so? That is not abnormal, no. Okay. Okay. So right now the streets are quiet. As usual, Joe Chitwood isn't there. But Joe Chitwood is is out on bail. Is that correct? To my knowledge, he's out on bail, yes. Okay. Okay, so he's out on bail. And um, and so it's, it's my understanding that he was actually arrested more than once. Is that correct? Uh, I can't speak to any of that firsthand, but I'm going to have to leave you for just a second. Okay. To check the okay. outside so damage. Okay, you got damage. Yeah, go, go right ahead. Well, Stephen, I saw yeah. I saw different dates of his arrest. I saw an arrest for the date of uh, Thursday afternoon, um, May 12th, and then again for um, I believe I saw it for Friday. Does it, well, I, I know about the first first arrest, which happened later over in the afternoon. I don't know. I can't verify the second arrest myself. You know, I know that they got a warrant for his property, and they may have picked him up a second time on something that was found there or whatever. I don't really know because I was I was out of state on Friday, and then I was busy at the station all day Saturday and been at church today, and so I've been – somewhat out of the loop other than just whatever somebody sends me or what I picked up off of the news stories. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've had, yeah, I've heard that he was arrested and then he was arrested again. Um, But I, but I don't know because that was, that was, uh, you know, third, third party. But, you know, I do see it right in front of me Thursday afternoon in one of these articles, and there's all kinds of articles when you look them up. And, 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 and again, this is one bad cop, one cop that did bad, that's been doing bad for a while. He, he's lost himself somewhere, somehow, you know, and this goes, this is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Calvin does not have the troubles that they have simply because of Joe Chitwood. Because the last person that they had there as chief of police, he was also a handful, and he also pretty much mimicked what Chitwood did or didn't do, you know, right. as far as enforcing the law. As far as you know, I can't say I can't say that he was selling drugs or doing drugs, so I'm not going to say that, you know. So I've got to be careful what I say there. <laughs> But but I know that he uh, he again was ignoring the crimes that were taking place, and right. and pretty much you know ghosting people that needed him. Well, he was Delbert Harden was hired just basically and specifically to uh, get uh, treat out of town because I was at the meeting. When Delbert Harden leaned over and whispered to Pop Jones that if he was hired, he would uh, 
see to it that Treat was run out of town. And that's the whole reason, in my opinion, that he was ever hired in the first place. He showed up there without any of the, uh, even having filled out an application or anything, was hired without an application. I've got the recordings. I can prove what I'm saying. With an effective date of June the 15th, which they later denied they did, but I've got it recorded. Right. You know, all sorts of stuff went on with, with him. He was basically just hired to be a thug with a gun and a badge and make sure that certain people that they didn't like around there was took care of. And that's that's well, the whole he reason was, he was actually, When he first came on, I remember he was harassing James, like hanging out by his property. Oh, yeah, every time you turn around, and he he would trespass on the property without having authority to be on it and all sorts of different stuff. He harassed a lot of people around town. Everybody was complaining about him. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't solely at James? Well, it was in the beginning, but then he, he got to, I don't know, got the big head and started harassing everybody over their dogs and over various other things. Right. Well, how many tickets him. did he get? Oh, how my. How many tickets did he get? <laughs> uh, well, for for nine months, the only person that received a ticket from Delbert Dwayne Harden was James Treat. He, Treat was the only person had to show up in that courtroom every month for nine months straight over illegally given tickets and junk, and Harden was involved in some of that. Mm-hmm. He 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 himself wrote, I believe it was over fifty tickets one month, just to treat. Well, and, and was he actually illegally parked? It was for parking, wasn't it? No, he was not illegally parked, and he was following the town ordinances in the way that he was parked. Mm-hmm. And the sheriff's department even come down and marched into the building at one point and thought they was going to do something. And Treat told him, don't you see that handicapped placard hanging in my window? And so the deputy went back out and looked at it and told him, okay, everything's fine. Left. You know, they thought they was going to get him on for parking in a handicapped parking zone. That they they painted that on the street in front of Treat's building illegally because there's no sign that has to be six foot high right in front of that. But it's also there's a three foot high walkway there, and the only place you can go from that handicapped parking hall is up a set of stairs to get on a three foot high walkway to go to whose building? James Treat's building. But they mm-hmm. paint a handicapped parking hole there trying to keep Treat from parking in front of his own property. Mm-hmm. And then they put a second handicapped parking zone where there is no building, just a vacant lot, which is also Treat's property and block his driveway to one of the two pieces of the, one of the two lots with a handicapped parking zone that goes to nowhere. This is the kind of people we're dealing with. Right. And 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 this is what basically the, the trustees and the mayor, they, they let that happen. 
Oh, they all voted for that. They all voted sure for that. Sure did. Yeah. And, then and not only out, that, this uh, certain person there in town, well, he don't live in town. He owns some property at the end of the alley. He's always making trouble for treat. Right. Trying to. He came month after month after month with a long laundry list of stuff. Everything he could be able to get treat for. And the, the town council entertained that and hashed over every one of them things, every council meeting for months on end attempting to find anything that they could get James Treat for because they didn't like it. And, and this, is, this just all goes back to James calling them out, to James calling them out on the misdeeds, right. on never coming up with their financials, um, right. things like that. Well, there's you, 12 years. in the Ildio uh, Cemetery. Yeah, and all sorts of things. But it was the first thing was the financials. And that at this point, unless they've filed some in the last few days, there's none been filed in 12 years. The last one that was filed, the accountant wrote a three-page long disclaimer on that filing that is filed with the state because that's where we got it from, state of Oklahoma, that Calvin was using a, a non-standard accounting system. They had no way to account for where the money came from, where the money went to, or even the ability to fix the problem. And the accountant wrote this on the report that's the last financial filed with the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, so he did that basically for full disclosure and to cover his butt because he can't be he can't be held accountable for where the money went. Exactly. And where it came from. Mm-hmm. Yet the state never looked at it, never questioned it, and... The town of Calvin went on for now to be 12 years without a filing following that last filing that was in that state of affairs. See, and, and now we have the bigger pictures. Right. And now we these have the, the bigger pictures. Now we have Rhonda Tweedle, the mayor, being the daughter of who was the secretary or the whatever you want to call her, she had several titles for 22 years. Now her daughter is taking over and making sure that mama's protected, I think. That's my take on the things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Rhonda, Rhonda Tweedle is protecting... Linda Bennett. Linda Bennett because Linda Bennett is no longer working for the town. Exactly, and she was the one responsible for getting all this financial stuff done back when nothing was getting filed. Right. Right. And she was responsible for what did get filed, you know, everything being in the disaster it was at the last thing that was filed, she was the one in charge. Right. So, and 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 again, this is all part of the bigger picture of why you know. So you you've got a chief of police that is allegedly you know peddling drugs and doing drugs and you know the other things that I I brought up. 
to, and, you know, going through my anonymous tips earlier um, about the things that he would do while he was on duty, you know, smoking pot is another thing that I was told. And, you know, again, these are some things that I can't prove. But you hear it from enough people. Enough people reach out to you and they say these things. You know, I've got somebody that reached out to me the other day saying that they wish that they had come forward years sooner talking about, you know, things. But. Well, I personally know people that. I personally know people that claim that they've watched Chitwood while on duty smoking pot with other people and what have you. Now, I wasn't mm-hmm. there. I can't say that that's true, but it came from a source that I have, or source is, I should say, plural, that I have right. no reason to believe would be saying that if it wasn't true. Right. Well, I, you know, uh, the reason why I, it's not showing up in OSCN, I believe, is because this is a federal, a federal case because both state and federal agents arrested Joe Chitwood. That's yeah. what it says right here, you know, um, for meth distribution. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, yeah, the, there. Go ahead. Yeah, the state, the state and federal are the ones that got him, not not the county. Not the county. What do you think would have happened if it was the county? First of all, he probably never would have been arrested. Well, I don't know. Considering things that I know about things that's went on in Hughes County for the last 30 years, and it was reported to me at six different time periods by six different sheriff's deputies back when Mm -hmm. I used to have a business in Holdenville, over a period of years, they would come into my shop and talk to me, the deputies would, about how they would go and arrest people on drug charges, and they would be bailed out before they even got back to the courthouse with them. And all six of these deputies ultimately quit the sheriff's department over this corruption. So Mm -hmm. it's my opinion, as long as the higher-ups in Hughes County are getting their take, everything's cool. It's when you cut in on their business, you better watch out because they'll put you under the jail instead of in it. Right. And that's my understanding of things. And you're, not, and you're comes, not kidding. And I'm not kidding, and that came from multiple officers at multiple different times. And also, I have talked to law enforcement recently in other towns around here that tell me that it's still going on, that it has not changed, that they can arrest somebody on drug charges, take them to Hughes County, and they're bailed out before they even get there. This came from law enforcement. So this has been going on for a long time. It's not just that that now, you know, that's that's interesting because, as you know, we're – you know, we're in this very, very odd time in our country, and and nobody seems to be getting arrested or held accountable for just about anything. Um, yeah. But well, this is something that... You know, there's ahead. a lot of lawlessness going on. There's a lot of lawlessness going on. Well, I'll tell you something. One of my friends 
that was in the plumbing business there in Holdenville came back from Texas one day with a newspaper from a certain town in Texas. And front page news, big, huge paper, uh, full color, of one of the prominent lawyers in Holdenville and the police chief of Holdenville at that time had been arrested in Texas with a trunk load full of dope in their car. Okay. The newspaper article went on to explain how they were going to turn them loose because if they put them in jail, the inmates would kill them. So they let both of them loose. The police chief came back to Holdenville, continued to be the police chief for two more years. The lawyer continued his practice. Nothing was done. Nothing was done. Nothing was done. Not only that, this police chief had divorced his wife and was shacked up with a known dope dealer that was dealing dope out of one of the businesses there in Holdenville. And I could name names on all these names and places. Right. And I know stuff to be a fact. I've seen the evidence. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on in Hughes County. Yeah. You know, why do you think it's so bad there in Hughes County? You know, because you're just so far out in Oklahoma, not as populated, that it's not, you know, what do you think this story is? Well, that's a that's a real good question <laughs> right there. But we got to go back to the fact that Oklahoma is the fourth most corrupt state in the union, so it's not just Hughes County that these kind of things is going on. No, I agree. I totally agree, and I'm sure many of our listeners do. Mm-hmm. You know, and as far as crooked judges and stuff, you know, just before this pandemic hit, Oklahoma had the the great honor of of being listed as uh, well, now being the top ten judicial hellhole list. Yeah. So that uh, yeah. let you know about the judges in Oklahoma. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. There is a trick. There is a trickle effect. There absolutely mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Well, now that the feds are involved in this, um, you know, I just wonder how many uh, how many others are going to go down. Will Chitwood whistle? Will he sing? Uh, because that's a close knit community. Yeah. And it, it appears it appears that he was selling the drugs. Here, I, I'm looking right now in MSN News. Okay, it says. Uh, it was uh, this by the chief. Uh, this is Woodward, who is. Let me see who is Woodward again. Oh, forgive me. He um, Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics, I believe. Um, but it said, indeed, indeed, the chief, the police chief, was purchasing and distributing methamphetamine. Okay, so he's he's a spokesperson for the OBN. But then it says. Um, it was in smaller amounts, user amounts that were being sold on the streets by the chief. Woodward yeah. said. Yeah. So that's why it got so distribution because it was already apparently, from what everybody's saying, was already packaged up to be sold or whatever. 
Right, right, in whatever size, little baggies or whatever it is that that's done. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot more stuff that we know that we are not at liberty to speak about yet. But this this problem is far more serious than just what has gone on in in Calvin with the, right. the police team. Uh, it's it's going to be, uh, you know, I, I'm just really curious if he's going to come out and, and if he's going to you know, whistleblow on others, if he's going to do anything he can to preserve himself, then I can't see him sticking around if he does that. Yeah, I don't really know. And, of course, I don't have any way to verify there's such a thing as this because I didn't hear it with my own ears, so it's just – You can take it for what it's worth, but it was reported to me that he was already singing on the first day. I don't know, but that's what came back to me. Okay. You know, he did did bail out or however he got released. He got out and... uh, Yeah, I think it was a $25,000 bond if I read correctly or if I remember correctly. What did you hear? I never did hear the amount. I just knew that he bonded out. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I saw an amount. I think it was twenty five thousand. But, but well, I'm well. I'm certainly not surprised that uh, he he would sing. So, hmm. Very interesting. Um, Yeah, but I wonder if it's going to sing and if that's going to be enough to keep him going out. You know, staying out of jail. He's found it out now, but um, I would, do you think he's a flight risk? I would seriously, I don't know if he's a flight risk or not, but I would seriously doubt that he's going to be able to wiggle out of this one considering who arrested him. Now, if he had been picked up by Hughes County or some other local law enforcement, then I would say, yeah, he'll be back on, on duty shortly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Well, yep, here it is. I just found it. The police chief is just arrested on suspicion of distribution based on search warrant and has not been presented any formal charges. And that, but that was, okay. But it does say um, that uh, officials from the town hall in Calvin, Calvin said he posted a $25,000 bond and has additional supervision. He is set for a court date on May 24th, uh, and that was, um, let me see, that was two days ago, and that was per Fox 23 News. Yeah. I knew he made Channel 23 in Tulsa because I heard about that. Yeah. I'm Channel 23 normally here, so I didn't get to watch it, but I, I was told that he made, I was told he even made the, the national news. Fox 23 asks if he is still the police chief, and the town attorney says that everyone is innocent until proven guilty, and they will wait for more information before any official action is taken. Yet, they're having a um, a Monday night emergency meeting to determine disciplinary action. Now, how does that make any sense to you? Well, it doesn't make sense, you know. 
if you know this kind of stuff was going on, why would you want to discipline somebody and let them continue to be a law enforcement officer when they were the one breaking one of the more serious laws, more serious offenses, Mm -hmm. distributing methamphetamines? It don't make Mm -hmm. any sense at all to me to to do that if that's what they're planning on doing. Mm -hmm. You know, they might discipline him or take away some of his salary or something, but as far as putting putting him in back on duty, I don't think that'd be a smart move. I don't know how he can be back on duty if his gun has been confiscated, which I would imagine it has been. Well, it's my understanding that uh, the feds and or the state took the gun and badge and the police vehicle. I don't know, but that's what I was told. Okay. Okay, so then I I just don't understand Calvin's barreling ahead and having an emergency meeting to determine his discipline when he has not been tried yet. Yeah. So, yeah, and that could be a liability on them, too, because what if some crooked uh, judge was to rule that he's innocent? Town of Calvin's disciplined him already. Oh, wow. That's a very interesting thought. Yeah. Very interesting. So people people got to think farther than the end of their nose on what they're doing. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, I I think that people need to, you know, be willing to start talking now, you know, and and doing so however is best going to suit that little town yeah. of Calvin, Oklahoma and its future and the children there. And, you, you know, just look around. And, and, I mean, I know it's a small town. There's, what, 200 people there? Oh, about between 240 and 270. And, you know, and what is it that the children see happening on on the street? What kind of, uh, what kind of role modeling is this for innocent children to be growing up in in a town where people just do what they want without any kind of conscience for, you know, you see, you know, half the pictures you see this guy in, he looks strung out if you ask me, you know? Yeah. Well, I've seen him where he kind of looked that way myself, but, you know, I've I've not been in, in the dope world, so I don't know exactly. Uh, it just seemed right. that something was, was off, you know, right. at, at right. times. Right. Right. Well, and, and you know, in the past would have would have known better, you know. Well, I I see his his weight fluctuations up and down and on and off, and I'm only talking from from pictures, and that can happen to anybody too. So you know, um, yeah. again, it's but when you just start adding all this stuff up, that he that he doesn't show up, he, he doesn't show up period, that he turns his back on the crimes that he needs to show up for, that um, you have all these tipsters coming out and saying something, and finally something is done about it, that's wonderful. 
You know, that's yeah. absolutely wonderful. Something is being done about it. There are small amounts. And a man is innocent until he's proven guilty. I understand that. A woman is innocent until they're, until they're, they're proven guilty. I, or, you know, I understand that too. This one looks like a hard one to get out of. You know, you've got federal agents involved. They were, you know, clearly they were following him. Wouldn't you right. say? Yeah. I was told that he was being tailed, and evidently that was a fact from considering what's happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Steve, what do you have to say to, you know, anybody who's listening in Calvin? You know, what are your what are your thoughts about this? Well, I think it's pretty sorry that this is an ongoing problem in Calvin, the lawlessness, and people, they seem to not even understand that they're doing something wrong. You know, the way the way they talk and the way they do things, it's like they think it's it's perfectly fine, it's perfectly normal, but the rest of the world doesn't view things that way, you know, and, and the they're setting a bad example. It's just like the big brawl that was at the school not long ago with the with certain school officials in there having a fist fight in the in the gym. You know, I during a ball game. Yeah, the that, during during a ball game there at school, yes. School officials were in the school gym and they went to Fist City during a ball game there at Calvin School. This is the kind of example we're setting for our kids. That's a way to way to solve problems is through overpowering and violence. That that is pretty yeah. scary. And I'm 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 one that you know I believe, you know I believe in standing up for yourself and whatnot. But you know you have to try everything the right way first. You have to try everything the right way. Period. You know your yeah. first line of defense has to be, you know, it's the, it's the right way. Then it's a matter of somebody's life over your own. Then you do what you got to do, <laughs> you know. But but just to try to solve problems through fist fighting and who yells loudest and, and who can throw the lowest blow, it's just an unnecessary measure. And, and we don't want to raise children that way. You know, we, we need to turn this generation around. Right. Well, yeah, Stephen, no, go ahead. That's it's just a shame and it's shocking that they would just continue on, I mean, with uh they're doing and but worse yet is trying to justify it, you know. You know, pretend like nothing's wrong and why do we have to change it and you know, things like that. Right. Why, why do you, you have, have to, to change, change it? Because what you're doing is, is lawless. It's just like I stood up in the city council, two different or town council, two different meetings, and told them that this is not about Sheila Crawshaw. This is about the lawlessness of this town doing what they want when the law says you have to do something different. And, and they went right ahead on who she is. Sheila Crawshaw is one of the council members that missed enough meetings; mm-hmm. she's automatically removed by state law and by Calvin Code's duty, and yet she is still to this day on the council, and they even had a special meeting 
to clarify what the law meant, and they just made more questions instead of clarifying because they can't understand English. They don't understand what the word consecutive means, you know. <laughs> they hashed the over that for 30 minutes, you know, and, and to finally decide they don't know what the word consecutive means. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. I'm I'm really not, sad to say. Yeah, this is just such an insult to everybody's intelligence. Yeah. That they would use those deflections. And so they they voted to uh, uh, let her continue being a council member, even though they're violating state law by doing so, and they're violating their own law also by doing so. Mm-hmm. And they're not smart enough to even understand what the law says. They argue over the word consecutive in the law. Yeah, consecutive would be one after another. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to look it up, okay? <laughs> if you missed more than half of the meetings, half of the meetings in this consecutive time period, then you're automatically removed, you know, and she missed more than half of the meetings and they made excuses for her missing them unless she wasn't notified that we was having a meeting. Well, I knew they was having a meeting. James Treat knew they was having a meeting. The public knew they was having a meeting. We showed up. We recorded the meeting. Why did she not know there was a meeting? Right. That would be my question about that. I'm not after Sheila Crosshall. I'm just after the town to do what the law says and quit being the good old boys club. Well, it, right, exactly. So, in other words, it was posted. That's how you knew there were going to be there were going to be town meetings. So, exactly. if it was posted and it was supposed to be posted, then that would be her out. But yeah, it has out to be because it was posted. It has to be posted 48 hours in advance at least, and it was posted, and I took pictures of it. I've got the pictures of the postings for all of the meetings for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was posted. Well, so, and as you stood up and you said, okay, this it, it, it could have been any council member meeting. It could have been any council member that you that needed to go. It didn't. You were not targeting Sheila Crenshaw. You said, no, either I'm we're going to follow these rules, we're going to follow these laws, or not. Right. Well, the state clearly says what has to happen, but they twisted the interpretation of another law into saying they could have a special meeting and and just decide that she didn't break the law and or she didn't violate what the law says and she can continue to be a council member. Well, they need to go back and read the law again. And if their lawyer doesn't understand English and he can't understand what that law says, they need to get a new lawyer. Right. Well, everybody else understood it. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything hard. Right. Right. So the lawyer was there. Yeah. On some of these, Okay. Okay. Well, I I I think right now, you know, we're going to have to wait until the 24th comes along 
and see what happens to uh, Joe to Joe Turwood. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it's going to be in county court, does it to you? I wouldn't think that it would be in Hughes County. I mean, that wouldn't be smart to have a trial for somebody as well-known as Joe Chitwood in Hughes County, you know, but, mm-hmm. the, I mean, I ain't in charge of it. It's also to me, a federal that would, case. Right. Yep. I mean, I would imagine this is a federal case now because they were arrested by a federal bureau. Yeah, it should, be, should be a federal case, I would think. I would I would think that the feds would have took it over from the state, but at the very least, it should be a state issue. Mm-hmm. You know, not a not mm-hmm. a county issue. Mhm. Do I hear James Treat? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. 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 You sound like you're out of breath. How's the damage out there? Well, minus a little bit of roof. Your mind is a little bit of roof. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, no. Going back or doubling back on the council member and the missing, there I went and pulled all of the records from the town records concerning the meetings and minutes that were filed by the town clerk. So these are official records. Every one of them was included with the correspondence to the town attorney and to each council member. They ignored it like they never even got it. Right. But it had each official record that Jessica Ayer signed as part of the record. Very clear-cut copies of each one of them made. So knowing that I had made copies of those... Rex Jones and the mayor came up with some fabricated something that they had logged somewhere else that supposedly showed that Sheila was at the meeting. Yet half the time she was saying she didn't get the notice, and the other half the time she was saying that she was her mother was ill. Well, that's the mm-hmm. reason you're only required to be there the majority of the meetings for those reasons that you can't be there. But this other log that they came up with was supposed to substantiate and defer the official records because they misinterpreted a law that said the only way you could review anything like that is if there was a disagreement of fact. And the records themselves in town hall are records of fact. Mm -hmm. And they were presented. They just couldn't be doctored. But whatever other law they created and brought into their little hearing, which the town attorney so conveniently missed, he's missed four meetings where the council has definitively broke the law in his absence. Right. Tell me that's coincidental. No. No, because the, the, that happened with the last time attorney that you had too. Now, so the root the root the root the root of this problem is the trustees. 
the root of any problem is the head of the snake. Mm-hmm. You won't get an argument from me here. And the town of Calvin citizens need to wake up and get out of their cloud and quit existing in denial. So what is to benefit them by getting out of their cloud? How will life be better in Calvin? Well, one way or another, you would probably have better resources for the town, i.e. better water, i.e. better streets, i.e. better law enforcement, better security. Because what happens? Town gets shut down for being an illegal enterprise. That only leaves the town people to have to come up with their own trash service. That's it. The water trust gets taken over by rural water. They have more equipment, more manpower, and they know what they're doing. What about financially? Well, financially, you're just not going to have the you're not going to have any income, so you're not going to have any expenses. From a town's point of view, the water is going to be comparable in price your trash service may be a little bit more expensive, but you won't have all the lawlessness in town. The sheriff's department then would be required to actually have to patrol the town, which they do not as long as you have a peace officer employed. Mm-hmm. And so electric are, are there any deputies? and gas. Pardon? Are there any deputies now? No. Are you talking about sheriffs or police? Yeah, police. No. Joe Chitwood is the sole law enforcement person. Okay. He says nobody wants to work, and I don't know. It might be evident why now. Yeah, and it may be he doesn't want anybody to work, too. Unless it's somebody that... Yeah. Well, it would require him to have to be at specific places at specific times to cover his ship. Right. But the million-dollar question is why does the council not want to know what the police chief is doing, why they don't want to know what hours have been worked? The million-dollar question is why the treasurer, Jessica Ayers, signs his paycheck or prints his paycheck because she's responsible for the funds of the city And if she doesn't have payroll records to back up the hours that she's paying, then what's that called? Embezzlement. Yeah, it's embezzlement. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. But why does the council not want to know anything? Why do they not want to know how much gas is going through their vehicles or where their vehicles are on any given day or any given night? Since when is it a good idea to hire a police chief that at least lives 25 miles away? Since when is it a good that. idea to have a town manager that doesn't even live in town, doesn't even own property in town? When does that I become surmise, a good idea? I would surmise maybe there's enough money being made on the side. The gas bill doesn't matter. I don't know, but that's... 
something to think about. Yeah. I mean, we pulled the records for Jones and Chitwood. Uh, they just signed the ticket. It doesn't say what vehicle it goes in, doesn't say the mileage, doesn't have the end beginning mileage, odometer readings, nothing. It doesn't say whether they put it in a five-gallon container or whether they filled up their truck. That's pretty sloppy bookkeeping, as Stephen's already uh, told you about what the, past, the previous accountant said, and yet that's still the accountant they're using today. Because, see, they have some kind of side-twisted belief that if they can file financials for the last three years, that they can qualify for grants. In other words, get free money from somewhere. And right, that the right. other other nine years don't matter. Well, no, the grants, having three consecutive years in good standing, is under the impression you have filed all your financials for all years. But irrespective, you've lost your corporate label. You've lost your municipality charter when you failed for three years in a row. And they continue to. I mean, they're not. They they're think not just showing... because they're pretending to be in good standing that they are somehow in good standing. That's That's the town attorney's own words. They're acting like they are. I said, but that doesn't make them who they want to be. Right. It's the same stance that they've 10, 12 years here. Make us right. stop. Make us. Make us. We don't care what you say. Make us do it differently. And yet, everyone in any position of power doesn't want to mess with it because it's so small. And it hurts their voting base. Not a big enough of a voting base, is it? And and that's not the that's not the see and well and that's on, 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 on the on the uh, district attorney level, it could have an impact. Mm-hmm. But there's no excuse for the attorney general. No. No, but and there and there shouldn't locally either because that should not be the reason why you just let it go. But this well, is what happens when it's. Why do you why do you have a? Uh, they think if you don't talk about it, don't bring it up, it just goes away. Mhm. And in the majority of the time, it does, and that way they don't ever have to deal with it. I know that I know how that sounds, but that is the reality. But you the know, un- let's just go ahead. The only the only laughter, if you want to call it that, is in this whole Joe Chitwood thing is it's my true belief if outside agencies were not involved, thing would be done. Oh, nothing would nothing would change because I, I've told law I've told people I've mentioned it to people Stephen and I both have been to the OSBI twice mm-hmm. to fall on deaf ears. Right about the, been to the, the AGs. The, the, 
before to fall on deaf ears, mm-hmm. state reps to fall on deaf ears, totally be ignored by state senators, teased by the AG, and then it just goes away and you can't ever talk to anybody again. Right. Yet the facts are all there. Everything is proved out to be exactly as it was portrayed. That's what I mean about the I told you so. There's some I told you so that could be going on. Well, how many could we say from two years ago? True. Quite a few. We we don't have to go very far. <laughs> Just think about how bullied we were, too. But just to, people just, think the people think that with Tumpkin's situation is bad or sounds bad, the Calvin situation is multiple times worse. Yeah, well, with Tumpkin's cleaning up, they've you know they're doing things different now. You know, you're referring to when Jackson was there, right? Right. But at least they had a legitimate charter they were trying to operate under. Right. <laughs> right, yeah, this is true. I mean, at least they had a starting point, right? A legitimate legal starting point. Wasn't a complete lawless enterprise. And they had right. at least a willingness of some individuals to try to do the right thing. And that's what and made admit, the difference. And, and admit when they did not know the answer. Right. Right. And that's a difference maker. But remember when we first started going on air talking about this? All that spewing and just how terribly you both were treated. But, but James, you were really, really targeted. And now, you know, I, I mean, I, I can't think of one thing that you've said that you know is a head scratcher because it's never been a head scratcher you guys have always been able to you know prove what you were saying or or say you didn't know for sure but this 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 and this so maybe maybe you should run for mayor james (laughs) it's time to clean up that town you know, it's, it's kind of like a person. People can't change a person. A wife can't change a person. Only the person can change itself. You know, look in the mirror. This town is going to have to do it for themselves or it will never stick. Sure. They're going to have to stand up one day and say, this is broke, it's been broke. It's going to remain broke until we get rid of those people. This is really what we want to pass on to our kids. You know, I really think they. I really think they take pride in being thugs. And that's what's going to have to change. Yeah, I I know. Well, like he well, like he said, they remember the good old boys day parade, uh, whatever it was that they put on. Well, that's evident in the way their kids react at school. 
the way they reacted in that basketball tournament this year. That whole attitude was adult-induced. Adult Well, it wasn't just the kids either. Some of the some of the school officials was going to Fish City in there. Yeah, there were adults throwing punches. That's yeah. The adults throwing punches, so what are the kids gonna do? They're gonna do what so they've seen is, everybody else do. So it's a systemic problem. Right. But the right. change because that's um, normal. The change comes by tearing it apart. One by one. And these lawless people, you know, if you if you get up and you say anything about what went on or shouldn't have went on, then you're the problem. You know, the the laws that was broken, the, the other things that was done wrong, improperly, illegally, that's no problem. The problem is that somebody said something about it. Right. And somebody didn't like it, so if they don't like it, they just need to leave. Well, James, how many yeah, times have you almost it. lost your life? You know, you, how many times have you almost lost your life, James? Or that well, you were been, put in life-threatening circumstances? It's been threatened. It's been threatened. Your 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 truck was set on fire, or exploded. Your trailer almost exactly a year later, right on the Fourth of July. Stephen, what does God say about those who attack God's children? Touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. Or? I'm trying to think of the second half. <laughs> I, I, I knew it was going to Their day is numbered, Tanya. My faith, yeah. my belief tells me God will handle that. Yeah. They won't get away with it, you know. They might they might get by with it for a while, but they're never going to get away because God was watching. And the Bible says that uh, be sure your sins will find you out, and what's done in secret is going to be shouted from the rooftop. They're, they're not going to get away with. They're not going to get away with it. But the, what I'm it. remembering out of it is that he he will take their life. Well, the yeah. innocent the, the the innocent ones need to see something different. Otherwise, they're going to fall into the same place the ones are doing. But we are we are out of time. Uh, I've got to I've got to close out. And and I really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about this. We're going to be following up on it, of course. I just want to close out with one of my favorite quotes that I that I do share on this show every now and then. But I want to thank you, James Treat. I want to thank you, Stephen Burke, 89.9 KLRB FM, Lighthouse Christian Radio. And I want to thank Marty Oakley, TS Radio Network. And I'm going to uh, hope, to, hope that you guys can all tune in next Sunday evening once again. And this quote is from one of my favorite whistleblowers, and it's Frank Serpico. The fight for justice is never easy. It never has been, and it never will be. It exacts a toll on our families, our, ch- our friends, and especially our children.
in the end, I believe, as in my case, the price we pay is well worth holding on to our dignity. That's Frank Serpico, folks. And, um, and he did it, and he did it right, and he almost lost his life. And we can only hope and pray that uh, things will turn around for Calvin, Oklahoma, and that justice will be served. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Good night, and God bless.